Revived Thoughts is a production of Revive Studios. This is Troy and Joel, and you're listening to Revived Thoughts. Today, we are celebrating four years of Revived Thoughts. That's right. This is our four-year anniversary this month on merely four years ago. Uh, we aired the very first episode of Revive Thoughts, and uh, we're still going. Kind Here of, a, I don't know if I'd call it a surprise. I mean, I guess it is a little bit of a surprise <laughs> to both of us. This I is mean, by far our longest media venture so sure far. Uh, if and, we can just, yeah, if you can hear, by the way, I don't want to interrupt, but uh, mm. you can hear Indonesia is currently uh, it's throwing a celebration for us. They they've got drums, music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm going to tell you it is. It's not that it's the end of Ramadan <laughs> and that they it is quite the wild celebration of that. No, no, it's it's Revive Thoughts is what I like to imagine this is currently for. Right? Yeah, Troy and I have been talking with each other for like the previous hour, pre-show, uh, chatting, and it's been pretty wild out there. I've been hearing lots of uh, what sounds like explosions, lots of uh, drums being marched on, and we do have, I mean, I have a two-year-old that's baking pancakes down the hallway with his mom. <laughs> Uh, who's also causing a lot of noise. So uh, we're just going to go with the flow. You know, there there might be some booms. There might be some uh, cries of a toddler. Uh, but the show must go on, you know? It must go on. Speaking of going on, so four years of Revive Thoughts. And I was talking with Joel and saying, you know, if there's, if there's something that I could impart to this show, because a lot of you are new listeners. If you're not aware of how podcasts grow and you don't pay attention to things like that, that's okay. Uh, you know, I would have known a lot of these things and not that long ago either, but they grow. Uh, you can grow a show a number of ways. You can have a big advertising firm helping you. You can have uh, a bunch of money or a big organization supporting you, or you, you can do these different, you can have a bunch of people giving you interviews cause you're kind of famous. Um, but Joel and I are not in any of those categories. So nope. the way we have grown is through listeners telling other people, Hey, check out this show. And then we've also grown through, uh, well, that's pretty much it, actually. Most of our listeners yeah. come through that or come through, say, maybe one of our social media arms, probably Twitter these days. And we've had a lot of new listeners streaming in. It's very clear we have had a lot of new people streaming in based on reviews that we've been getting left on our Apple podcasts and based on uh, you know our rankings. And we have ways of looking up our rankings and different things like that and downloads and stuff like that. And it's really been crazy to see how many people and just people reaching out to sending us messages and saying hey we love what you're doing yet despite that if you are a newer listener you may not know and probably are not aware that this show is not run by a big organization or anything like that it's really just run by joel myself and all of you who volunteer to read the sermons for us every single week and when we first started the show this was not I mean, it was not a winning formula for a show i remember we talked with a group mm-hmm. from we talked with a group in podcasting and they said, you know, like what you're doing is kind of the opposite of all the rules of podcasting. You're completely <laughs> reliant on volunteers to send you stuff. Like that's a horrible strategy for building a thing. And you're doing a church history show, but you're not specifically with any one theological category. And you're you're doing all these different things. Like what what everything about your show on paper looks like it should fall apart. And yet you're you're successful. This is it was a curiosity to people. And it's been a curiosity to us as well. But it's it's definitely something that like if you did not know how we got started and what we were doing originally, it would be kind of 
I think it's hard to picture. It, it's hard for me to picture the world now without revive thoughts. And I think for a lot of people that listen, it's kind of true. It's like, yeah, this shows doing something that everyone should have been doing. And yet four years ago, nobody was really doing yeah. this, taking old sermons from the past, editing them, modernizing them, giving you a backstory with them. So you know who they are and then letting you listen to them with different voices so that it hopefully feels like you're getting a different guy every time. Um, we had to think through each of those steps. Nobody had come up with this idea. Nobody was doing really anything like this before that. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't the original formula for this. This show went through kind of various structures as we were thinking about how we wanted to present it. Uh, and how it's structured now was just one of them. And it's the one that, you know, in retrospect, we think is definitely the best way to do the show. But uh, yeah, it confused a lot of people. In fact, that that first year when we're when we're trying to promote the show and circulate it, there's a lot of people that just did not understand what we were doing. And uh, I'm glad our list because because that was our thinking was that we just kind of had faith that these listeners there's got to be people out there that are as curious about this as we are there's got to be people out there that are as interested in this type of stuff as we are and praise the lord we we seem we seem to have found you uh out out in the wild out in the the real world and uh and the people that did understand it were because that was the other thought we had was because every once in a while we did find someone, especially like people in the industry that are very successful and have other podcasts and things like that, that would go, hey, that actually is a really good idea. Or or people that would be like, I I well, was thinking an idea like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so we and a couple we, people, we don't talk about this, but there were a couple of people who tried to copycat it, too. We've had yeah. at least two or three big companies, uh, big attempts where they I can pretty much tell you, I know that they did it. One of them, I can definitely know they did it because they used some of our speakers. Um, that was about two years ago. And they had a bunch of people that were speaking for our show suddenly showed up on their show. And I'm like, there's no way you couldn't have known about it because those people would have told you I, I've done the same thing for, you know, Revive Thoughts. So the, the paper trail was definitely yeah, their type you, you, And, like, and you know, yeah. I, we're not like bashing by all means. The more, no, no, no. The, the more church histories out there, we're, we're all about that type of thing. But it is neat to see... Um, yeah, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, right? There you go. And it was so. interesting to me to see that they skipped the part where you edit the sermon, mm -hmm. and they skipped the part where you, they give you the church history, especially specifically this one group that used some of our speakers, but um, and they didn't make it. And I think that's like, yeah, I, I get it. It sounds like it'd be it's so part easy. Of it, yeah. Just read an old sermon. Not anybody can do that, right? It, right. But there's something about the old language that makes it hard to understand, I think. And there's something about getting that story. Who was that guy? beforehand that just preps you to click with what right. you're going to listen to. I'm not saying that we're just super geniuses. I'm just I'm just saying I think the whole package is just what helps the show reach the people that it's reaching. I know for me in my life that's it's that whole combination mm -hmm. that has made it so helpful. Yeah, when Troy says edit uh, he's not he's not talking about changing the the content of the message. He's talking about just kind of modernizing the language a bit because again, if we're, if we're pulling a sermon out of the 1600s, it's going to be inaudibly King's English in a way that you they don't even will not be able to understand s's like they didn't have an s back then. It was like an f. So yeah. you'd be reading a sermon and it would be like all these f's where an s should be, and it looks super weird. Yeah, or a lot of the times, yeah, where we are having to get a sermon translated and it doesn't quite make sense the way that the sentence structure is. And so there's a lot of work that goes into formatting a sermon ready for the ears 
and that's the other reason why we realized that this sermon or this <laughs> this type of podcast didn't exist is because uh, it's actually a ton of work to do. It seems kind of simple. You just kind of research someone, you talk about them a bit, and then uh, you put together uh, a sermon that someone can read. But um, Troy puts a tremendous amount of work into research and, again, um, modernizing the language used in these sermons. And then on the technical end, which is which is my wheelhouse as far as Revive Thoughts goes, um, the editing front of of getting everything put together, uh, there's there's a good chunk of work. I don't know how many hours would you say each episode takes, Troy? I'd say it, it depends on the sermon because like there, sure. if it's an easy sermon like from the late 1800s and the guy spoke almost what would be like modern English, oh, I can get that done really quickly. Mm-hmm. If it's a long sermon. And it's from like the Puritan era <laughs> where they like do 80 page sermons and you got to like wrestle through 80 pages of grammar and syntax. That's like almost completely opposite of how we speak today. So you basically have to kind of like rephrase every sentence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where we would say it's like, you know, be be strong and don't be afraid. They would be, be like, be not away from courage and, you know, farther from that of fear. So it's, it's like, ah, I got to reword that so we can actually understand it. Um yeah, it's it's wild. So it, it really depends. There there are sermons that have taken me, I mean, twenty hours over the course of like weeks to edit them, uh, easily on just one. And then there's sometimes where a sermon can take like an hour and a half, and I'm like, ah, oh, that was that was a straight through, really quick, easy, easy peasy. Um, and then that doesn't include the research. The then getting the episodes together that usually takes a couple hours too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the first, and I know some of our some of our older listeners have heard this story before, but the first episodes of this that we recorded, we were in Florida at the time, and we didn't have a recording studio or a place to record because uh, at that time, Troy was living in a small apartment, and there were kids running around, and so that that was not an option. And so we decided we'd go around to different libraries and see if we can find like a study room in a library and record there. And I don't encourage you to go back and listen to the earlier <laughs> episodes because the show has improved a lot. But those first few episodes were recorded in like study rooms at a public library. Uh, and we went and to seven or eight libraries before we, we found day, one. Yep. I mean, it was awful day. We thought this would be a super easy task. And it turned out to be mission impossible. Find a library with a quiet room. Yeah. Yeah. It turned, yeah. A lot harder than we thought. Or like, you know, they'd have quiet rooms in air quotes, but there would be like an air conditioner duct that was blowing right on it. That like sounded mm-hmm. awful or uh, it was just like way too echoey and it sounded silly. So, uh, you know, it makes sense. You don't usually people that are putting quiet rooms in libraries usually don't have to prioritize the acoustic sound of it, or at least not back in that day. Nowadays, who knows? Because I feel like recording yourself is a pretty common thing, but they weren't designed to be sound studios back then. And they definitely thought we were weird. They were looking at us like, what are you doing? Like, what? what? You're recording? Why? Oh, man. We definitely came across like weirdos. Um, But that was fun. (laughs) The show definitely was not. And that's the other thing, too. When we started this show, I thought, I know a lot about church history. I went to a Bible college. Mm. I'm an intelligent guy. I've been educated. I've been doing things in ministry for a couple of years. This will be super easy. I did not know how much, I didn't even have a concept of how little I knew about church history. 
I think it's one of the reasons people sometimes are like, "Why, well, you know, you guys seem really passionate about this. I'm passionate about it because I had my mind blown mm-hmm. by how little I knew and how encouraging and edifying these stories were. And that was going to actually kind of be my opening point that I got lost a little bit on the way telling was I did not know four years ago how much revive thoughts would mean to me and how much making these episodes, reading these old sermons and learning about who these people were, just how much that would impact my walk with God as well. You know, when we started this show, the original time we ever heard of this show, I was on a phone call with Joel while living in Hangzhou, China, and it was a list of ideas. And we both were like, hey, that's a pretty good idea. We like that one. We had done a podcast before, not good. And we had canceled it a long time ago. But we're like, that podcasting thing was kind of fun. Let's do it again. We had no idea a year and a half later, we'd start making the, you know, these shows would actually be coming out and people would be listening to them. And that was the thing too. People actually were listening, which was really impressive. Um, but I had still no clue, no clue how much I still had to learn. And now, four years later, now that I know, I still feel like I have so much more to learn, so many more things I want to study and learn from church history. But now I'm just like, I want to get everyone else to the same place where I'm like, you guys, I want to get people on board and get you to learn these things because they're super interesting and they're encouraging. And they're the story of God's people over 2000 years. And when you realize that famines, wars, disasters, uh, persecution, uh, illness, and all these different things have been done before and done well, you realize that you can get through what you're going through. You're not living through the first time Christians have had to go up against hard times. In fact, that's the norm through church history. And what we see is that it's actually very common for us to go through hard times. What did the people who look like look like who did it well? And what did they look like when they didn't do it well? And what were the things, the mistakes they made? And what were the things that uh, worked very successfully? And how can we apply those those ideas to our era? And how can we learn to emulate those strong, courageous, non-compromisers? And how can we learn to, you know, suffer like them? And I can I, I could I would I could spend the rest of the episode naming the incredible people that we have studied on this show and that I went, wow, because of learning about that show, I, you know, learning about that person for that episode, mm-hmm. it's impacted my walk in a really positive way. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly continues to be fascinating, interesting. I, I mean, I'm talking from my point of view, like that's four years later. I am more interested in more wanting to know and understand church history more than I was when we first started. Like it, it has definitely been something that, uh, has, has grown in appreciation and a desire for. And, um, I mean, that's good for the show, right? Cause, cause you got hosts that are <laughs> genuinely invested and genuinely interested in what's going on, but it does, yeah, it does make you, there's comfort in feeling not alone. You know, this in, in our current, geopolitical situation of of believers i feel like if you're just looking at the bubble that you're living in around the the other believers that are around you or not around you uh in that feedback loop in that you know echo chamber of uh what our current people are talking about it can feel really isolated really i don't know sad at times or depressing at times uh, and it's so helpful just to take a step back and go, it's not, it's not just about right now. It's about, yeah, what, what God's been doing over this whole time. And you're a part of it in a way. And, um, the people that help build the 
platform that you're standing on here now uh, are just as much a part of that and uh, are there to encourage you in carrying on this this torch um, that's that's seeking after the Lord and serving the Lord. Yeah, actually, uh, it's funny you say isolating because that's actually one of the things that really stuck out to me from studying church history is that when I was younger and when I had first graduated Bible college, very arrogant, I thought I have all the answers. I, you know, I look at the New Testament church and I look at the church in America today and I don't see those things adding up and why doesn't it add up? And I was very frustrated and, you know, kind of all those classic things that some people go through. I, I certainly did. And I, I was kind of going through that, you know, just like frustration. Why doesn't the church look like it should? Why does the church look so bad? Blah, blah, blah. And it's not to put down those things. Obviously, the church should do a lot better job. I'm not saying that. But it was reading church history and seeing like, oh, like there are a lot of people who have these same beliefs and like who who also stood up to the stuff of their day and said like, hey, this is wrong. And this is actually I, my my beliefs, my ideas weren't alone. But then I look at them and I saw them. Where did they go? They went right to the pulpits and they went right into the church to preach to the local congregations. And I realized like, Yes, I'm not alone, but the people I'm looking up to all got involved in helping that church live up to what I think it should be, not, you know, just frustrated or embittered or isolated. And that's just mm-hmm. one way where I went, man, you know, this, I, I appreciate the church history kind of rounded me out. Another thing that helped me out was I lived in China for two years, so we didn't really have opportunities to go to church. So that'll also make you appreciate the church more. But still, those two things together really kind of opened my heart and made me realize, like, I love God's people. I love gathering at the church. I love being a part of that and i realized like i was going at it from the wrong perspective but you re- when you realize church history you'll look around sometimes and you'll look at the church and you go am i alone this doesn't feel like it's supposed to look like this way and then when you read church history you go i'm not alone this is the way it's always been there's always been people calling the church and pushing her to get back on track and this is normal and this has been normal for you know the whole purpose and the whole time and sometimes it looks worse than others but that idea of looking around you and going man i want this to look better i want this to look more on fire for god you're going to find a lot of people thinking that same thing when you study mm-hmm. church history just another um kind of another direction something else is kind of cool just to mention uh, we don't talk about like our statistics our stats you know every episode or how we're doing um because it's not like not to be distraction, but it's pretty cool that between Revive Thoughts and uh, our other show that we we kind of host, Martyrs and Missionaries, uh, not kind of host, at least does it and does all the work for it. She does all. And of Elise it is your wife for the Elise for the, is my for wife. The people, yeah. for the record, the new listeners for the new guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Elise is Elise is my wife, and she wanted to do Martyrs and Missionaries about two years ago. She started that after kind of putting another show, Revived Radio, away, which was only open for only a few months, but it was a great show, and she. Uh, the show has been very successful. Between these couple of shows we've been doing and between just kind of centering on these, we have about 700, a little over 700,000 downloads between these podcasts. Now, you might not know, is that a lot? How, how are we doing? Like, is that like considered a huge number? And the answer is, yeah, that, that's considered really, really good that these uh, shows are pulling in um, numbers of those kind of magnitude. That's a lot of people would be very happy to have the kind of numbers that we have been putting out there. I'll put it that way. And according to Listen Notes, which is a public thing, you can go look it up. When they run our podcast against all the other podcasts that are currently active out there in the world, uh, we are in the top 1% of all podcasts. That's just Revive Thoughts on our own. Uh, and that's pretty good. I think considering we're a church history podcast, reading old sermons is pretty niche 
uh, little show yeah, you could say. Yeah, very specific audience. Yeah, a show, you know, obviously a lot of people who are looking for sports podcasts aren't going to come to us, but the Christians that have come to our uh, to come to listen to our show have found that they have enjoyed what they're listening to and helped bringing us to that point where we can say we're in the top 1% of all the active podcasts in the world. That is, in my opinion, just absolutely kind of incredible to be able to, you know, be a part of something uh, that massive. And I think another statistic is kind of interesting too, just throwing it out there, just the reach of what what is our show doing and how are we reaching um, the world? And I, if I'm reading the numbers correctly, you know, you can find our show in at least 100 to like 120 different countries um, and pulling like weirdly big numbers. Like I'm looking at our stats. This number seems totally off, but like we had 1400 downloads uh, come across from Ghana. <laughs> well, like it's just Damn. wild. We have numbers like the Ghana ain't like uh, that's more than the people that were listening in Canada. Like just just crazy. Uh, the people that we're reaching, who's listening to our show and what's going on out there and stuff like that. So it's just kind of mm-hmm. cool to see how the Lord has been using our podcast just uh, from a growth perspective, how many people have joined and been a part of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, announcements, future plans, goals. You know, obviously uh, we are excited to do another year of Revive Thoughts. We have no intentions of slowing down uh, at this at this time uh, five, six, you know, let's do another four years. No problem, right? Let's do it. Uh, if you elect us four more years of Revive <laughs> Thoughts in your feed, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And Troy and I always kind of brainstorm about stuff that we want to do with the show. Um, one thing that we were just talking about before we started recording, something that I would really like to do, almost for my own personal knowledge, as well as I think our listeners would really enjoy, is if we did... An episode, maybe a two-parter, maybe like a like a part A and part B, because it's a lot of content to cover. But I really want to do a church history overview kind of crash course. You know, we talk about all of these uh, speakers, these sermons throughout history, these men of God throughout history. But sometimes, at least for my brain, it's hard to keep track of how they play into each other, how they relate to each other, what eras, you know, feed into uh, how that affected the, the following era. And I think it would be really nice if we just started in the, you know, the book of Acts, right? We got Paul planning these churches. Um, let's take it century by century and get up to the modern day. And, you know, we can highlight all these speakers that we've had on the show. Uh, and again, these people are involved in different theological movements, uh, some for the better, some for the worse. Uh, but just laying out that structure, I think would be really neat and would be a really nice resource to have Um at the very least, an audio form. We've also talked about making maybe a video series in the future as well. Now, that's probably a little bit further off. But um, again, at least for how my brain works, I think that would be awesome to put together a, a, like a, a church, church history, history overview. Yeah, church history course or church history overview where you're kind of starting from the beginning, not doing snippets and biographies, but doing more right. of the the great general overview. Some, something to tie all of these episodes together because we have these, these snippets and eras that you know, stretch 50 to 100 years or so. Um, but how do they all relate to each other in the scale of the past 2000 years? Uh, that, I think, is something we're going to have to we're going to have to get out here and, and prioritize here pretty, pretty soon. That'd be pretty neat. 
Yeah. Another thing, I, I we we have a vision. So pray for this listener. Someday we just Joel and I have always said, and you you this is gonna sound crazy, Joel. <laughs> but we always said we just want to do a live event where I we knew can just that, come I knew together. That's what you were gonna say because it's, it's a dream, man. It's a dream. We want a live event where you guys can come, um, and we can fill out a whole. I mean, if we get an auditorium. You know, we could probably yeah. fill up three or four seats. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we could get, <laughs> no, we, we could get the whole group together and just talk and stuff like that. Now, the hardest part for that um, is obviously th- the fact that I live currently in Indonesia. So that's going to make it difficult. It's, part, it's mm-hmm. obstacle one. Um, obstacle two is getting people We'd have who to listen. fly you in. Yeah. And we fly our listeners in from Ghana as well. So it's going to be yeah. complications <laughs> here. Um, but we got to get, we got to get everybody together and do something. We, like yeah. That. Yeah. It would, it would, and, and this is from day one was like, you know, it's cool to do this on a podcast, but imagine if we had someone rehearse the the speaker yeah. that comes to my mind every time we talk about this is Dustin Garrett, who's who oh, did some man. of our initial Bonhoeffer episodes. But man, he's got such a fiery passion in the, in the another... way he talks. He would be a great uh, uh, sermon narrator for uh, a Revive Thoughts live event. Yeah, now, that's something else. Like we we Dietrich uh, uh, called it. Dustin was our this gentleman who was a guy we knew from college. We asked him if you could read. A sermon for us on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So early on, we had he had no idea. Revive thoughts didn't exist yet. He had no idea what really we were asking, and we didn't know what we were asking either. That sermon, um, I I mean, we've gotten so many messages specifically. It's Overcoming Fear by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you haven't listened to it, and like I literally had a person write and tell me uh, that 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 sermon helped change her life. That she was going through a really hard time, and the summer that we put that sermon out, she heard us on an interview, listened to that sermon, and she said it just brought so much comfort and peace. And I, I, I know who this person is. I got to know her, and I, I would have never known that. Just things like that, where it's like, wow. And then that sermon has been made a sermon jam by another group. And I'm like, how did this happen? How did this old sermon from the 40s that helped get revived turn into all? It's just amazing how the Lord has used some of the stuff that we are doing and how the Lord is mm-hmm. currently, we got an email like that a month ago on a George Mueller sermon um, from the 1800s where someone said like that sermon really helped me. And just, it's just super cool to be a part of something like this. I, oh, and don't even another sermon from, I think it was November uh, when a person said that that sermon helped them do something. I um deal. They had to deal with somebody that hurt their family in a way that's unspeakable and they had to go see them face to face, basically. And they said, I didn't know what I was going to do. And when I heard the sermon this week, you get it, it gave me the answer I was looking hmm. for. Thank you for what you do. Just things like that, where it's like, how did, you know, this, these sermons are hundreds, 200, 300 years old. And God, it, thousands, uh, you know, some of them are really, really old. And the Lord is using them and is just continuing to move through them. And it's just it's a huge blessing. So yeah, a live event would be super cool where we could let people kind of see these things happening and come to us, ask questions. I'd love to do like a church history conference weekend or something like that. So that would be super cool. And then the only other thing I have planned, Joel doesn't know this. So surprise for the listener and Joel, I've got the next deep dive picked out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You want to tell me and our listeners what it is? Yes. So, you know, the civil war. I know of it. Yeah. You've heard of it. You've heard now, not the English civil war. Right. And not the American civil war. Okay. The Civil Little... War of China, the amazing right. one that went on for 15 years that we've talked about. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. wild. Like 1900-ish? Well, 1850 to 1865. Okay. Uh, it's wild. It is a crazy, crazy story. I'm not going not gonna to fully tip our hand on this, but it involves a man who declares himself as Jesus's brother. Yes, I've heard And this. then leads the revolution and rebellion into 
uh, war that will cost 30 million people their homes and millions of people their lives. And I think that that is a story that most people don't know about and we need to tell. So that's that's where I think our next deep dive should go. And I think it's going to be absolutely wild. Awesome. Yeah. And for our Patreon members, they're already listening to our deep dive that we did on the London fire and how that inadvertently inadvertently in inadvertently 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 uncovered a catholic plot to overthrow the government wow what what that sounds curious what on earth Uh, (laughs) you can listen to that if you're a patreon member um again it'll eventually come to our public feed if you just want to be patient but if you also want to support the show uh you're welcome to do that over there at patreon it'll be in the it'll uh, link in the description there you go. Link in the description. Now, I will say, now, for wrapping up here, uh, this show has been really encouraging to my faith. I When we started when we started publishing them, I was in Miami, Florida, lived in Kansas City, lived in Cambodia last year, now in Indonesia, where we're staying. We're not going anywhere. Indonesia's great. Uh, uh, a little loud at the moment, but otherwise, it's pretty great. Um, but it's been a real constant and it's been something I, I cannot tell you how many times the stuff learning that I've been learning or working through or the things that I've been thinking through in life have learned stuff in church history. That's been super duper useful, but we would not be able to do this if we did not say thank you to some really important people. First, thank you. Patreons. You are uh, extremely helpful in keeping this show going. You may wonder, you know, is it really, it does matter. It does mean something. We um, are completely, listener funded if that makes sense like we don't mm-hmm. have again we don't have an organization there's no church that's running this there's nothing like that so if you aren't listening and helping out uh there's nobody who can so we're really grateful to you patreons we try to give you guys the deep dives and other stuff as a way to say thank you but to be honest i don't feel like that's enough of a thank you for your help so i uh, know that we are really appreciative and you are you are the unsung heroes that keep revived thoughts and, and martyrs and missionaries uh going the other thank yeah. you yeah oh, real quick i mean i don't i don't know what we would do without the patrons like we we cannot support the show on ad revenue alone like it just doesn't make enough money so we would have to figure out what we would have to do we'd either have to shut down the show or we'd have to start paying out of our own pocket to 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 become way better businessmen and that's (laughs) right that's another thing we might have to do right yeah yeah but right right now now, the the patreons pay the bills that keep the the lights on in this they they i mean the services that it takes to to run the bandwidth to put the show out um is is thanks to the patreon so uh, it is it is quite physically and literally allowing the show to happen so thank you so much we appreciate you. The other group that we need to thank is the speakers. We could not do sermons if people did not read them. And I feel like they're also unsung heroes because, you know, we do this editing and stuff, but we, you know, when we add the hours of how long it takes to make an episode, we don't include the recorders who yeah. have to spend an hour sometimes, or sometimes they have to do multiple takes because there's audio problems or just because it's a hard sermon. They sometimes bring amazing sermons to life that would be really hard for you to realize how amazing they are. And you oftentimes the episodes that you listen to, wow, that was really incredible. It's because the speaker brought it to life so often and they really helped you feel like that sermon was alive again. So we're really grateful to all those people, especially the the multiple speakers, the ones who come back on. Um, Like we said, when we started the show, we only had a few episodes together and we we said that like if God wants the show to keep going, he's going to have to bring us the speakers. And here we are four years later. And sometimes getting the speakers together is one of the harder parts of the show. But here we are four years later, and the Lord has kept us going. And it's just been really a blessing that people have jumped in and said, let me lend my voice to history. And, and of course, if you're 
hearing that and thinking maybe I maybe I want to do that, you can reach out to us on email, revivethoughts at gmail.com and you might be able to be on uh, an episode with us in the future. So yeah, and these are volunteers again. They they don't get paid like this. They're they doing get it out paid of the kindness of their heart. Just as much as we do, Joel. They yeah. are. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we're all getting paid the same here. Um, but yeah, we're really appreciative. And then the last group, of course, is to quote uh, what every like PBS documentary as a kid, the viewers like you, you, you who are listening right now, if you were not listening to the show, um, if downloads were not doing so well, if so many people weren't hearing about it, the show wasn't growing and reaching so many people. Uh, I, you know, I don't know that I would have the time to take all these hours away from my family and away from my busy schedule to do it, but it's easier to do it certainly. And it's a lot more fun to do it when I know there are a lot of people out there listening and waiting and enjoying this show and enjoying this content and reaching out and commenting and leaving, um, leaving responses. I mean, it's incredible. And I, I f- I'm always nervous to say this because I feel like any day now I'm going to say this and somebody's going to go off, go put you in your place. Um, but somehow after four years, we still have a perfect 5.0 rating on Apple podcasts with 163 ratings currently in. That is incredible. Nobody does that. I mean, it's just wild that we have that high of a rating after four years. I, that's not to say people haven't given us less than five stars it's just there's not enough of them to impact our overall rating that is unbelievable so to not only be in the top one percent of podcasts but to do a show where we talk about church history where we talk about different theologians that people totally disagree with and can get upset by and there's so many little like red flags and hot topic buttons that we barrel right through and somehow we've managed to not you know that the lord has allowed us to continue with five stars through all that is just Mm -hmm. unbelievably surprising and very cool. And I think that speaks to our community a little bit because we do occasionally, and we we understand that this is part of it. Occasionally, get a, a disgruntled writer and you know someone that'll write in disagreeing with a, a speaker or something like that, which we totally understand. Uh, we often say that like if you were to get all the people that we cover in the show into a room, there would probably be a fist fight. Like they 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 yeah. would not get along very well at all. I uh, love these people. I don't know that I, I, there's certainly some of the people we've covered on the sure. show. I would not go to their church if it was down the street. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and you understand our, our where we're coming from to where that doesn't mean that there's stuff that we can't learn from them, uh, good and bad. Um, but even the people that uh, want to make it clear that they have an issue with with something. Um, I do feel like, like it is still in love. It's still part of a community. It's not, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of people that are trying to burn us to the ground or trying to sabotage us. Uh, and I, and I, I I don't know. I think, I think that's evidence of, we do have a a body of believers. There is the spirit unifying us together, uh, to where we understand we can have our opinions, uh, and have our preferences, but at the end of the day, uh, it's Christ that unifies us. And, and we, we all have that in common. Really well said. And actually, I think that's a great kind of note to end this on the show. We, this, between Rye Thoughts and Martyrs and Missionaries, Elisa's show, all of this started four years ago. And another thing, and what I learned and that the Lord has used is that just despite the fact that we're coming from different places, despite the fact that there might be things that we disagree on, uh, it's pretty prevalent and pretty clear that God has united his people across history. And when you listen to a couple of people who disagree, you don't see it. But when you see the full scope of church history, you can just see how much God has used his people in different ways, but preaching his cross through all these different sermons. And so it's been a real blessing to be able to make this show for four years. And as Joel said, four more, right? Four more years. Keep coming back for us and we'll, we'll keep going for at least four more. 
This is Troy Angel, and this is Revive Thoughts. Revive Thoughts.